Welcome to Diverse, the podcast for the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog all together at altogether.swe.org. Are you taking full advantage of your SWE membership? Your membership grants you access to SWE Advanced Learning for career and life. Your membership unlocks free and discounted on-demand content 24 hours a day from around the world. The SWE Advanced Learning also has live learning. With multiple tracks, Advance offers something for every career and every stage of your career. SWE's many offerings feature subject matter experts from a wide variety of thought leaders in STEM and leadership. When you want to skill up, turn to Advance first. Access learning at advancelearning.swe.org. Hi, I'm Dana Johnson, the President-Elect of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Cassie Rotroff, a lead engineer supporting tactical warfare systems for Booz Allen's Global Defense Group in the Army market. As a lifelong dancer turned computer scientist, Cassie leverages her inner cheerleading spirit to bring a new energized passion to embedded computing. When Cassie is not behind her desk or in the lab programming and developing the latest embedded operating systems for rugged military systems, she is volunteering as a software robotics coach for FIRST Tech Challenge teams. Thank you for joining us today, Cassie. I'm so excited to talk to you and I'm hoping you can infuse some energy into us at this year end where many of us are dealing with deadlines and year-end reviews. And I hope that we just get all of your fantastic positive energy and cheerleading advice. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Dana and Sweet. This is a pleasure. And I hope so too. Excellent. Well, let's kick off. Given your diverse background, what initially sparked your interest in STEM? First and foremost, I am proud to say I am a second generation of women engineers in my family. <laughs> my parents inspired my interest in STEM. Both my mom and dad are hardware engineers. My parents would take me to their work when I was little. So in the 90s, I got to make forts in the cubicle farms in their office, see amazing computer science labs. And when it was take your daughter to work day, they would be explaining to me the latest and greatest technologies before it was even released even though all of it went over my head. <laughs> the excitement in their voices when describing their development always made me so curious of what engineering had to offer. But they never pushed me to become an engineer. And so they always wanted me to find my own passion and path. So my first passion was dance. I've been dancing since I was three years old. I did ballet, point, tap, jazz, lyrical palm. I love the stage, performing, competing with my teams. Having that sense of belonging and developing lifelong relationships. I also taught dance classes, and my dream was always to go pro because I was always really busy at the dance studios. I didn't take any extra computer science classes or attend any STEM after school programs. So, my initial spark to programming, and this is really embarrassing, was actually MySpace. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, in high school, that was the only platform we have for social media. And I knew I'm competitive. Like I wanted the best platform. So I self-taught myself HTML and CSS. So thank you, MySpace. 
but the combo, right, of my parents' enthusiasm and my first real taste of programming, I had to really decide what degree I want to major in. These were, I was completely torn between these two very different worlds. Like, did I want to pursue a dance major or computer science? And then I said to myself, Diana, why can't I do both? No, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. I can honestly say I did dance as a child. I did not make it anywhere near as far as you. I stopped right before paint, I, or point, not paint. I want to say it was maybe six or seven solid years, which is plenty of years in tutus for anybody, but I definitely stopped there. You know, those and, tutus are hilarious because like you can't fit through doors. People don't realize no, that. You know, you have to pull no. them up like a taco. <laughs> Absolutely. And we had this one year where we did sequins and fishnet tights. I was like six years old or something. It's the worst thing for children because we had a whole string of dancers stuck to each other with sequins stuck in fishnets. <laughs> yeah. Engineering pop problem in and of itself. Exactly. Exactly. Also appreciate hearing that you're a second generation engineering student. That's something that I was first generation. I'm raising children of my own now. So appreciate the advice to not push them. I don't think I'm raising dancers though. They're two boys and they have two left feet, both of them. So I've got a house full of left feet. There will be no, most likely no dancing, but definitely going to empower them to figure out their own passions. So I, I read that you majored in computer science and minored in computer engineering at Old Dominion University. How did those two majors or the, the major and the minor influence your career path? I have, in order to explain, explain this question. I have to give you a little bit of a background of what my day-to-day life was on campus. I certainly made heads turn in my computer science class, not just because I was one of the very few females in my class, but because I most often had to attend them with pounds of makeup, rhinestones, glitter, and hairspray, along with my bag of pom-pom. After class, you can see me racing off to perform and cheer on the sidelines at the university's basketball or football games because I did it. I did both. I'm a collegiate athlete. I dance on the ODU Dynasty dance team under ODU Athletics while majoring in computer science. And of course, I got the professors of a computer scientist shouldn't move like that. (laughs) But that just sparked my journey to seek a way to encourage women to break the mold and become strong and enthusiastic engineers. So to answer your fabulous question, the way my studies influence my career path is a bunch of breadcrumbs. I'm not a brainiac programmer that started STEM at a young age, and I'm not naturally gifted at this field. I worked incredibly hard to prove myself, but this idea I wanted for myself, inspired by my parents, especially by my mom, it was meant for me to go and chase it. The first couple of breadcrumbs was from my professors. One professor was my role model who always believed in me, my computer science advisor. She inspired me to grow so quickly in my first two years of my studies. She helped me get through a lot of those tough times, and I'm very grateful. Another professor told me stories of his journey in the military that sparked my interest in embedded computing. The next breadcrumbs were when I took my first Unix class. It was all command lines. This black box environment, just you and the cursor, which is actually exactly what I do in my job today. (laughs) But at the time, (laughs) it was very intimidating. I found it very difficult to learn. I hit that brick wall hard and I asked myself, why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) 
And the last breadcrumb that influenced me was when I worked on campus as a consultant for the computer science systems group, and I got to work on Linux servers and Linux operating system. So my journey is filled with a bunch of courageous moments, (laughs) but then I got stuck on fear like anyone else. Why can't I get this quickly like everyone else? Am I enough? I don't look like an engineer. Why can't I fit in? And then I did it all again, more courageous moments. And going back to my goal of seeking ways to encourage women in STEM, I became a student peer advisor for the computer science department. One of my responsibilities were to manage all new student orientations and being the face of the onboarding process, my hopes were that the impact of seeing someone like myself, maybe more students will continue as well. And my life is looking what it's meant to be. My breadcrumbs kept me on the trail going towards my destination. All little sparks of, I did it. That's amazing, Cassie. I think one of the things that hit me, seeing your confidence and knowing the confidence that comes from a dancing career like that, hearing you say that you had fear, just goes to show the impact that we as SWE need to have with these women, with these younger students studying engineering and math and science, to be able to push them and really get them to understand, to your point, there's no one mold for how an engineer should look, right? Anybody should be able to go into engineering. Exactly. Dana. With that, I wanted to touch a little bit on your work as a First Tech Challenge Teams coach. You work with middle and high school students as a volunteer for that program. Can you share how you began doing that? I absolutely can. And this is one of my favorite stories to tell and to my team. So my internship turned into my first job after college as an embedded software engineer. So I like to tell my parents I joined the dark side of computing. <laughs> because they're hardware engineers. (laughs) But I still wanted to give my dream of going pro for NBA dance one last shot. I tried out for the Washington Wizards dance team. I made it to the top 30 finalist out of 300 talented, beautiful ladies. But unfortunately, I did not make the team. I tore it myself. I said, what now? I've been dancing all my life. And now there's this empty hollow void. The following week, when I was in my break room at work, I noticed that my colleague was pouring himself a large cup of coffee when I candidly asked, why are you so tired? His reply was... Probably not the right (laughs) thing to ask an engineer, but keep going. I know, right? There's probably like a million one things I could probably say, right? And I was like, why are you so tired? (laughs) But his reply to my surprise was, his robotics team competed in a state's competition this past weekend. Huh? Robots made you this tired? He looked like, like as tired as I would be after a dance competition. So naturally, I was like, please tell me more. <laughs> and to my surprise, his description and passion of what goes into robotics competition is just like a sport. He asked me if I would be interested in mentoring, and particularly software. They are always low on mentors. So being the best case scenario girl, why not? Him and his wife started this robotics team because their children were interested and wanted to participate in the first program. So just like many coaches do. And just like that, I reinvented my journey, becoming this hybrid, enthusiastic robotics coach. The rest is history. For the past six years, I joyfully have dedicated my life 
to volunteering, inspiring, and mentoring students up and down the East Coast. So a burning question I have, are you now drinking massive cups of coffee? Yes. <laughs> and I might need your tricks and tips because I, despite being this far into my career, a parent and everything else, I still don't drink coffee. And maybe that's hey. a right? No, Good I don't job. know that we would applaud that. I feel like yes. I sometimes use the extra boost. It's okay. <laughs> but what I want to know based on your applause and cheerleading skills there, how have you taken that and really used that in your career at Booz Allen? applied it either there or with the students that you're working at with first? When, oh, that question just gets me so, so much because my role models, when I was their age, when I was middle school and high school, there were my cheer and dance coaches. They were all stars and they set up a legacy for all of us to remember. They were more than just coaches to us. They were our inspirations who gave us self-confidence and made us strong. Booz Allen embraced my personality and skill set and equipped me to learn how to become a better leader through their community programs. Booz Allen has given me the opportunities to shine like the Women in Engineering and Science Initiative. I'm currently the regional ambassador liaison of 22 sites spreading and uniting the word of STEM all over the world. And with that, I have the pleasure and honor to be working along the sides of these brilliant women hear all their wonderful ideas, and be a part of a network of supporting women. So for my students, they get the best of both worlds. <laughs> I strive to be the coach they deserve. I'm taking my leadership tools from Booz Allen and mixed it with my dancer style, creating an approachable way to welcome new members to programming on the software that is inviting and understandable. Using command lines, I may add, our teams went to winning at local and state competitions, but winning was not all that I wanted for my team members, especially the ladies. Applying my inner cheerleading spirit, patience, and determination to help each of my teammates, I hope to inspire them to continue their passion for robotics in the engineering fields when picking their majors for colleges to come. Many of them had other club and sports activities like dance team, chorus, track, and basketball stars. My favorite part about coaching is sharing my dance passion with the team and expressing you can do both. And this makes you, you this year, I'm co-coaching two all girls teams and they are breaking the mold for the next generation to come because we can have it all with that one spark and maybe some glitter. There's always got to be glitter. Right. Always has to be glitter. <laughs> Always has to be glitter. No, that's amazing. I'm envisioning this wonderful world where you've programmed little animated cheerleading people for your team. And I, I suspect it's amazing. And of course there's glitter. Yes, they're great. They're all so fantastic. They make me, honestly, they make me so proud every day. <laughs> that's amazing. That's what you hope for as a leader. It's what you hope for. I'm sure as a cheerleader slash leader and the best you can get for your team. Okay, so you've worked on a handful of projects, including building software for RF sensors, commercial off-the-shelf and rugged embedded military systems, just to name a few. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of glitter in those. <laughs> Out of what you've worked on, what's been the most rewarding with Booz Allen so far? Good question. 
Being the embedded software developer on the bleeding edge of technology has been super rewarding. And my favorite project at BooZone is no less so. This project is a man-packable software-defined radio system worn by the warfighter. The system provides a warfighter with a usual with a visual of the radio frequency environment in which they are operating to be used for situational awareness. Using the Android device, the warfighter is able to view surrounding RF signals and direction find the signals. The system is use, uses GPSs to assist the user in locating signals and is able to disrupt signals when necessary. The most rewarding part of this project is knowing that my team and I are developing a system that is protecting our soldiers. Our team tests our systems for accuracy and abnormalities in specialized labs, the anechoic chambers, and electric side discharge safe labs. If you've never seen people wear their smocks, they're blue. So we all look like blue smurfs. <laughs> and as the embedded software engineer, it's my job to be the bridge between the hardware components and the end user by sending the results to the end user's tablet interface. This type of processing needs to be super fast. My embedded work in Linux or other real-time operating systems must be lightweight in order to process the data from many signals and push it to the end user, to the Warfire's tablet, to alert them of any notable activity. That sounds super important for the people using it. Although I do have to admit, I'm still hung up on thinking about people looking like Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> Bear with me getting past that. I'm so glad. Fair that, enough. <laughs> I'm so glad, though, that you found a rewarding project, a rewarding career that can keep you excited and interested. All it's of never, that, though, I know. It's I never mean, boring. <laughs> no, no. I think that's one of my favorite parts about engineering. It's never boring. I know you talked a little bit about some of the challenges you had breaking the mold in college. Surely you've, you've faced a variety of obstacles, but how have you overcome some of the stereotypes that you might encounter either as a woman in the engineering field, or maybe more so as a cheerleader slash dancer in the engineering field? It was extremely hard to break out of that mold, but I always found that sense of community and network to know that it's not all right to be strong to continue to push forward. And this may tie in really well with our next question. Maybe not. We'll see what you've got up your sleeve. But if you could give one piece of advice to our younger listeners who are just starting that journey, what would it be? I love this quote. This is, this is a quote from a former Booz Allen employee that I just attended like a tech talk of. But he said, if you can't be yourself and most importantly, all of yourself, then that company does not deserve you. And that resonated with me so much. <laughs> I can't believe I only had to pick one. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> if you really want to give us a bonus one, that's okay. It's never too late to reinvent yourself. That's fantastic. And I think that you're not super senior yet. I'm judging by your very youthful appearance, which I know that our, our podcast <laughs> listeners won't be graced with. And if you've already come to that conclusion, that's amazing because I, I feel like I've reinvented myself a number of times in my career and even personally on some level. 
So being able to take both of those pieces of advice, I think that they really play into the importance of diversity, the importance of inclusion, so much that it feels like you stand for, so much that SWE stands for. So I think that that's amazing advice for anybody, everybody, but especially those coming into their career here, coming into their collegiate career or professional career. I want to end this episode by congratulating you on the launch of your YouTube channel, Robotics with Cassie. Can you share with our listeners what is and how they can check it out? Absolutely. So students of first teens learn and develop STEM skills and practice engineering principles while realizing the value of hard work, innovation, and coordinating as a team. In 2019, there were over 77,000 students in grades 7 through 12 participating on a first team. First has global reach with a year-over-year growth rate of 18%. With a rapid growth of student interest and passion in robotics, statistics show there is a shortage of volunteer coaches and mentors to represent the teams. It's important to have these volunteers to guide students and enrich their robotics experience. Without them, students may be left behind, struggling to keep up and becoming discouraged with the program. In some cases, teams simply drop out of their scheduled competitions because the lack of the proper mentoring. And it's gut-wrenching to me to see this happen. Each robotics program necessitates a wide range of subjects. And this learning curve can be challenging for adult mentors. I know it was challenging for myself, and I am an engineer. No matter what size, robots can be intimidating. I firsthand have seen how valuable education in robotics is. Many of the volunteer mentors do not have a STEM background, yet are courageous, loving parents who stepped into a coach's role so their children could participate. To encourage more parents to become coaches, I developed Robotics with Cassie, an online site for the robotics community with instructions that will help first-time coaches realize that they are not alone. It is a community that brings a sense of belonging and simplifies the technology behind the coding gears. Mentoring robotics is made easier with Robotics with Cassie by providing lessons and digital resource materials that can be accessed anywhere by anyone. Robotics with Cassie is not a coding or building boot camp, <laughs> which should remedy the fear of the, and doubt about robotics coaching. For those who are interested in coaching but don't have a STEM background, this is also a great place to get started. All you need is that little spark from Robotics with Cassie that will provide you with inspiration and tutorial sessions in the field of robotics. Spark on. Cassie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, sharing with us your YouTube channel. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that can benefit from that. I also feel like I have finally understood something really, really useful that came out of my space. And that was your interest in computer <laughs> science. So I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. I'm Dana Johnson. For all of us at SWE, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to leave us a review and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.